Um, I just have to apologise to all the ladies who were at Sandy's breakfast and who have heard mostly what I've said already. Um, but I'm hoping that it's going to be like uh, one of those good movies that you watch and the second time around is even better than the first. So, um, <clears throat> so um, what I want to speak about is um, we started off this year um, talking about breakthrough. We, so we had a month of breakthrough where we, um, I didn't press start. We, um, we, we, we had a month of breakthrough where we, we prayed, you know, several times a day. And then we went into February and we had a month of, uh, we had 10 days of fasting. And we prayed for breakthrough and we saw many breakthroughs. I saw breakthrough in my own family with my sister. We saw many prayers answered. We saw uh, lots of breakthrough. Chris and Sandy over the past number of weeks have been talking about the race that we run. And part of that race that we run, I want to bring it down to a bit more of a personal level. And I want to ask you that what happens if you don't have your breakthrough? What happens if you have prayed to God and you've prayed and you haven't got your breakthrough and you see other people getting their prayers answered and you haven't gotten your breakthrough. I haven't gotten my breakthrough. What I was praying for in January, I haven't got my breakthrough. And it has led me to study this because I asked God why, and it led me to study this. Um, and, you know, we could, be, we could be praying for healing of sickness. We could be praying for a relationship to be restored. We could be praying for a marriage that's broken. We could be praying for a new job, a different job, a promotion. We could have financial ruin, and we're, we're praying for our finances to be um, restored. But what if you've prayed and prayed, and God hasn't answered? The marriage is still broken. The bank account is still in deficit. Your child isn't where you want them to be. What then? So, I want to talk a little bit about faith, and um, Johnny, if you could put up the first scripture. I'm going to read um, a very well-known scripture from Hebrews 11, verse 1, and I've put three different translations there. So, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The NIV says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. The Good News translation says, to have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for, to be certain of the things we cannot see. So the important thing here is that in having faith, you can't see it. We can't experience it with our physical senses, we can't touch we can't touch whatever it is. If you haven't had that breakthrough yet, you can't see it, you can't touch it, but it doesn't mean it's not there. In my family, I have a saying, I've told you before, where I say to my boys, if they're looking for something, don't look with your eyes, look with your hands. Rummage in the drawer and find what you're looking for. Um, 
And it's the same with, um, it's, it's, it's like that with faith. You have to see with your heart because you're not going to see it with your eyes. And I'm going to play a little video now. Um, uh, Johnny will play that video. And in that video, I want you to just think while you're watching it, you'll see a little seed under the soil and it starts to grow and it starts to break through the soil. And it, for me, represents waiting on that breakthrough. So often, we look at the top of the soil, and it looks dry, and it looks like nothing's happening. But underneath that soil is where God is working. And we'll just watch one minute of this little video. Johnny, thanks. draw from that little video um, that when we think there's nothing happening, God is building the foundation. He's making it ready for you to get your breakthrough. But it's got to be built. There's a foundation has to be built. Um, and, 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 and I just want to re reiterate that when I look at problems and when I'm waiting on, on prayer, I don't think about what's going on under the soil. I'm looking at the top and I'm thinking, it's not happening. Like, God, where are you? Um, so I wanted to um, take you to a parable in the Bible. Um, and if you could just put it up, Johnny, but I will read it. So this is quite a famous parable where Jesus told a story about two characters. There was a persistent widow and there was a lazy judge. And it goes like this. It's from Luke 18, verse 1 to 8. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to teach them that they should always pray and never become discouraged. In, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected people. And there was a widow in that same town who kept coming to him and pleading for her rights, saying, help me against my opponent. For a long time, the judge refused to act. But at last he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because of all this trouble this widow is giving me, I will see to it that she gets her rights. If I don't, she will keep on coming and finally wear me out. And the Lord continued, listen to what the corrupt judge said, 
Now will God not judge in favour of his own people who cry to him day and night for help? Will he be slow to help them? I tell you, he will judge in their favour and do it quickly. But the Son of Man, but will the Son of Man find faith on earth when he comes? So Luke starts off this this telling about this parable saying that it is Jesus teaching them, teaching the disciples to, to, to pray and never give up. In Bible times, um, this, this um, particular parable about this widow, in Bible times, if widows didn't have sons, they usually became beggars. This woman was fighting for her inheritance. She had an adversary she wasn't getting what she wanted. She wasn't getting what was legally hers. So she persisted with that judge. She went back again and again until eventually she got her answer. And there's two things out of there. First of all, that persistence, persistence matters. And the second thing is what Jesus was saying, if that judge who's lazy and incapable of doing his job eventually answers prayer, how much more will God who loves us answer our prayers? And so that, that's really encouraging. Um, so the question is, why does God make, make us wait? Why does he make us wait? Um, there's a very important purpose in waiting. And sometimes you know, it's a little bit like, I'm like this, I know you all are not like this, but it's like, um, a little bit like you think you're in the McDonald's queuing system when you go in and you place your order, then you have to stand in a queue and wait for your number to be called. God's not like that. Um, he doesn't, it's not like he makes everybody wait their turn. Oh, it's your turn for a miracle today, it's your turn. No, God is working inside of us. It's all internal. God has got work to do in us. And this is why we have to wait. The wait is where we grow. The wait is where we build character. The wait is where we draw close to God. It is where we mature. The wait is where our determination and our faith is tested. The wait is where we learn who God is and we learn to depend on him and we learn to depend on his faithfulness. To know that his faithfulness is there and we need to depend on that. So waiting is important and it's where we become who God wants us to be. It's a little bit like if your breakthrough is over there and you're here, that waiting period and what God needs to do in your life, it's like a bridge that, that, that connects you to that breakthrough. And to cross that bridge, there's certain things. You have to develop hope. You have to develop your faith. Um, and how do you cultivate hope and faith in your life? It tells, the Bible tells us how to cultivate hope. If you're feeling like you don't have hope, there's a way to cultivate hope. And uh, John, if you can just put up Romans 5, verse 3 and 4, it says, more than that, we rejoice in our sufferings. Yes. 
That's hard. How on earth do you rejoice in your suffering? But knowing that suffering produces endurance. Again, the weight. Endurance. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. So that waiting period is where you develop that perseverance, that endurance, that character, so that you can have that hope, that hope in God. There's many cases in the Bible where um, God used, used people mightily, but they had to wait. If you just look at Joseph, Joseph gave, um, God gave Joseph a, a dream that he would be the leader of Egypt one day. But what happened in the meantime? His brothers sold him as a slave. He got accused of something he didn't do and was thrown in prison. I mean, if anybody's got a right to complain, Joseph has. Because he's like, but wait a minute, God, you told me I'm going to be the king of Egypt and I'm sitting here in this prison. But ultimately, God honored uh, Joseph's, he honored his, his um, promise and, and he, did made, he became the ruler over Egypt under Pharaoh. And the thing is, that if, all, if Joseph didn't go through all of that, I don't believe that he would have been ready to take on the position that he had to take on. And, um, and there's, there's more, you know, many mighty men in the Bible. Um, David is another example where he, he had to go through a lot of suffering. God promised him that he would be the king over Israel, um, but that didn't happen right away. David spent many years running away from Saul, who tried to kill him. Um, but if both of, any, both of the, these men, or any of the other men in the Bible, there's Abraham, Joseph, Moses, David, they had to wait years for God's promises to be fulfilled in their lives. But everything that happened in the meantime, it was used to prepare them, um, inwardly as well as outwardly. And so it leads me to the next question. So if that is why we, we should wait, because it's where we grow, it's where we learn to depend on God and depend on his faithfulness. The question is then, how should we wait? There's a way to wait, and there's a way not to wait. Um, you can either, you know, we can either be grumpy and sort of say, yeah, well, you know, I'll just wait for God to answer my prayer. And when people ask you, you know, come to church on Sunday and people say, how's it going? How's your whatever it is that's going wrong in your life? And you go, yeah, well, you know, I don't know. God still hasn't answered my prayer. You know, you don't really sound like you believe he's going to answer your prayer. Whereas a different answer would be, it's hard, but I have faith that God's going to come through. It's all in the attitude. It is in the attitude towards, towards your, God's working in your life. Um, very early, and I'll give you a little, a little example about waiting. Very early, in, when Byron and I got married 100 years ago, um, <laughs> we learned very quickly after uh, we got married that uh, we couldn't have any children. And uh, so we then went on the journey of adopting. And we have adopted two boys who are two men now, but um, 
when that journey was very, very difficult for us. It was very difficult for me. Um, and eventually I got onto the waiting list and you go through lots of vetting and all that. And then eventually you get onto the waiting list. And I waited for my first son, I waited two and a half years on a waiting list until eventually I got this beautiful baby. Um, but that wait, I didn't do it properly. And if I could go back in time, I would wait very differently. I was, I was bitter. I was angry with God. I was saying, you know, it was like a case of, don't you know, I'm, I'm waiting on a baby. Like, where's my baby? Everybody else is having babies. Where's mine? And, and I was, I was, I was, I, I used to go around saying, yeah, well, God answers everybody else's prayers, but not mine. I actually used to say that. I'm ashamed of saying that. But, and if I could go back again, I mean, 20 years later, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Um, if I could go back, I would, I would do that weight very differently. I would really lean in to God. And I would maybe have read some more books about how to be a good mom. Um, I would maybe have spent some peaceful times knitting some booties or something, but I did not do that weight very well. But I've learned out of it. I have learned out of it. Um, so it's very important that we have. Um, we, it's very important that we have the right attitude. Um, and if we're praying for, you know, you could be praying for anything, for a relationship to be restored, for your finances to be, you know, right, or a new career. But what's very important is we often look at the other person or the other thing and think that it's them that's in the wrong. But sometimes the change needs to happen a little bit in here before the other person, um, before God can give you that breakthrough. There's work to be done in here. And so when you're waiting, self-reflection and self-examination is very, very important. Um, Ask God to, to reveal to you, when in that wait, ask God to reveal to you what's going on in here that maybe needs a change. And so when you wait, the way to wait is um, pray often. Draw close to God. Ask God, again, to reveal inside of you if there's anything need, that's needing changing listen to God's songs. And the very important thing is, and I didn't have this then, but I have it now, be thankful, have an attitude of gratitude. Um, and remember that there's purpose in the waiting. Embrace your waiting period. It's horrible, but embrace it. Because God uses that waiting period for our own good, and he uses it for his glory. And when I was, uh, I'm, and I'm just going to bear with me to, to, to take you through this last part, but when, when God laid all of this on my heart and when I was struggling with this waiting and I'm not getting my breakthrough, God, I believe God led me to this poem because this poem absolutely encompasses everything that it, it absolutely, it encapsulates everything that I, I, I've I'd studied um, in this word, um, and I'd, I've come to love it, and I read it often, and I want to read it 
to you and I would ask, it's a bit long, but um, bear with me and listen because the words are really powerful and they're beautiful. So it says, desperately, helplessly, longingly, I cried. Quietly, patiently, lovingly, God replied. I pled and wept for a clue to my fate, and the master so gently said, wait. Wait, you say, wait, my indignant reply. Lord, I need answers. I need to know why. Is your hand shortened? Or have you not heard? By faith I have asked, I'm claiming your word. My future and all to which I relate hangs in the balance and you tell me to wait. I'm needing a yes or a go-ahead sign or even a no to which I'll resign. You promised, dear Lord, that if we believe, we need but to ask and we shall receive. Lord, I have been asking. This is my cry. I'm weary of asking. I need a reply. Then quietly, softly, I learned of my fate as my master replied, wait. So I slumped in my chair, defeated and taught and grumbled to God. So I'm waiting for what? He seemed then to kneel and his eyes met with mine and he tenderly said, I could give you a sign. I could raise the hand and cause mountains to run. I could give all you seek and pleased you would be. You'd have what you want, but you wouldn't know me. You'd not know the power I give to the faint. You'd not learn to see through clouds of despair. You'd not learn to trust just by knowing I'm there. You'd not know the joy of resting in me when darkness and silence are all you can see. You'd never experience the fullness of love when the peace of my spirit descends like a dove. You would know that I give and I save for a start, but you'd not know the depth of the beat of my heart, the glow of my comfort late into the night, the faith that I give when you walk without sight. The depth that's beyond getting just what you ask from an infinite God who makes what you have last. You'd never know, should your pain quickly flee, what it means that my grace is sufficient for thee. Yes, your dearest dreams overnight would come true, but oh, the loss if you lost what I'm doing in you. So be silent, my child, and in time you will see that the greatest gifts is to truly know me. And though my answers seem terribly late, my most precious answer of all is still wait. So I hope you're encouraged, um, and I hope that, um, that if, if, if this doesn't apply to you, that maybe you have a friend who is going through... Um, having difficulty waiting on their breakthrough. Encourage them that God is there, even though when they look at the soil, it looks dry, it looks arid, it looks like nothing's happening, but God is working. Amen. And that answer is coming. <laughs>